Higher Education, designed for life. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. And I'm Lyle Southwell. Slight technical glitch right there. This is Encounter with God. And as we get into our next section of Encounter with God, we need to uh, go to our first clue. Well, no, our third clue. Fourth, one, two, three. Fourth clue of the day. Fourth clue is this. I have fewer verses than any book of, any other book of the Bible. Just 13 verses. What book am I? If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call, and there will be a prize coming your way. Um, Darren Pratt called in, but he's one of us, so he doesn't get a prize. He just called in for bragging rights. So, yes, still open, still available. Give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843, if you know what the shortest book in the Bible is with the fewest number of verses in it, and there is a prize for you. Quick reminder, of course, we like to remind you at this time of day, every day, to uh, if you are struggling with the signal in your area, if you've got a weak signal, to listen to Faith FM on your phone. You can go to faithfm.com.au and simply press play. Or alternatively, you can go to the, which is what I do, use the TuneIn Radio app. Download that onto your phone. Make sure you get the free version of it. Uh, search for Faith FM Australia. Uh, make that your favorite. And then you simply press play each day in the morning and you will be up and running. Uh, of course, with the TuneIn uh, app or with the uh, faithfm.com.au, you can run that through your car stereo and you just get that really nice crystal clear signal everywhere you go. Mon. Oh, Mon's, Mon's microphone is not working. Okay, well, how th- about now? How about I th- now? I thought we had one, two, three. I thought, I, one, two, I thought we had solved the problem. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a problem, am I, Lyle? <laughs> uh, what's the breakfast this morning, Mon? Uh, I'm having a super blend porridge uh, with some black apple and some golden kiwi. It looks pretty. It looks pretty yum. Yeah, it's pretty yum. Would you like some? Uh, nah, I've already eaten. Yeah, good because I didn't really want to share with you, to be honest. <laughs> That'd be right. <laughs> Actually, I would like some, Mon. Um, uh, I, I'd love I some. can make you a fresh one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be multitasking of another level if yeah, I if you got to do that from right what, here. I wish we had like extendable arms and I could just reach my arm, go outside the studio, go down the hall, go to the kitchen, pop my porridge in the microwave. You need to be that Alaska lady. What was her name on? Oh yeah, Alaska girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alasta. There you go. There you go. Alaska lady. I like that one too, though. Oh, Alaska lady. Well, she's a lady. She's she has kids. Yes. She's a lady. Because that's what makes a lady, having yeah. kids. <laughs> do you know what, Lyle, a little trivia for you. Do you know what actually makes a lady a lady? What? You, do you, don't know, you don't know? I Well, what makes the difference? What's the difference between a girl and a lady? Well, that's, no. The question, uh, she's married to a no, no, lord. No, the difference, no. The, di- the oppo- like the, She's married to a lord, she's a lady. The question is, what's the difference between a girl and a woman? Oh, but what okay. makes a lady a lady? What's the, what's the, what's the younger equivalent of a lady? If a girl no, is the there younger, is, equi- no, there is none. Oh, so you can be a lady when you're born. Yeah, you can be born with that title. Well, so so to speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But what you know, what makes a lady a lady what? <clears throat> is the way a man treats her. Ooh, mm-hmm. ooh. 
Ooh. Write that down, fellas. That what makes a lady, ladies. That way the man treats her. There you go. Yeah, a bit of wisdom is for you. A bit ya. of uh, profundity from Mon this morning. <laughs> Let's go to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 13. Okay. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 13, and let's see what Jesus has to say right here. Today we are talking about mercy and faithfulness. And throughout the New Testament, you're going to find that Jesus spent a lot of time in conflict with the Pharisees. This is not because he sought conflict, but they created conflict wherever he went because his life conflicted with their life and was pretty much the opposite of... uh, you know, it's pretty much the opposite of how they uh, conducted and lived their lives. He was, like um, a, he was like a mirror to them, and they would see how how horrible they were. Yeah, kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, that's probably a good way of dis- describing yeah. it. And so then they attacked him. Yep. So and that's pretty much human nature, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. He was an example to them of what they should have been, mm-hmm. and uh, they couldn't handle that. They couldn't handle being shown up Absolutely. For, their own, for their own filthy filthy characters. All right. Okay, Matthew chapter 9, verse 13. Yes, then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this, this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Okay, let's, um, Mon, I'm just wondering whether you can uh, back up and give us a little bit of context to this story. Uh, so this is when <coughs> Jesus was calling Matthew. So Matthew, uh, the tax collecting disciple. Yes. Uh, and so... Um, uh, Jesus call, does does the call to him. He mm-hmm. uh, says, "Follow me, be my disciple." And uh, later on, Matthew <coughs> invites Jesus and the other disciples uh, to his home as Denise. Oh, 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 oh! Along, Jesus goes into that home and goes under the roof of not just Matthew. a tax collector, but this he also invites him along with many other tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Oh no! So, Can you imagine yeah. hanging out with a disreputable sinner? Yeah, so not just not just one of them, but there's a whole bunch because you know Matthew's a tax collector, so all his mates are tax collectors. Okay, and uh, and Jesus. Hanging so out what's whole disreputable about being a tax collector? Well, I mean, back then, do they you didn't do have, you know any tax collectors? I do not. The government isn't that one who tax collector. <laughs> there must be people working the uh, ATO. Do you know anyone who works for the ATO? I do not. I've met people who worked for the ATO. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm like ah, you're a tax collector. <laughs> what do they say to that? Yeah, they laughed. Like, yeah, we get that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the problem with them was back then, uh, it seems, that um, corruption was quite easy and, and thieving money and um, being dishonest was quite an easy thing to do and was widely done by tax collectors. A mm-hmm. um, little bit for the government, a little bit for me, a little bit for the government, a little bit for me. It was kind of a license that the government gave to people of um, a particular state within the empire to make money on the side. Yeah. And, you know, you find this in developing countries today where, and I've talked about this before, you know, when my dad was working in Zambia back in the 90s and they gave the police officer, the local police officer, they gave him a motorbike and a uniform, but that was all. He was I was expected about to bring to, that up. Yeah. He was expected to... Um, to make his own way in life through bribes because they knew he would take bribes anyway. anyway and so yeah. it's like, well, why give him money? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the Roman Empire saw tax collectors like that. They're like, okay, you've got to, you've got to raise X amount of tax. Um, but they, there was an understanding that they were corrupt. And they were all, almost always fabulously wealthy because of their corruption. And hated. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, we. I, I get I'm fine with people who work for the ATO, but the ATO is not my favourite government organisation. <laughs> Like, leave me alone. <laughs> Stay out of my life. 
Um, but taxes are, you know, there's one of those things that are a part of life. Death and taxes, the two surest things in the world. <laughs> okay, so Matthew's a tax collector. Now, not so not only was he seen to be corrupt, mm. but he was also a public servant mm-hmm. in the service of the Roman Empire. Another issue to this. Okay, so that's a he had a whole bunch of strikes against yeah, that's exactly his name. It. Yeah. He was a strikeout big time. Yeah, there's a list of stuff here that is a problem with uh, Matthew the tax collector. And so, yeah, as a result of that, um, he was ostracized from society. And so, you know, becoming a tax collector was one of those things that you did for money. Yeah. You did not do it for community because you had no community if you were a tax collector, Mm -hmm. except for, as we find in this story, other tax collectors and disreputable people. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Sinners, I think it says. Sinners, I think it says in the King James Version. Scallywags bound together. And, you know, if you are a tax collector, where else are you going to go to find people to hang out with and have a community? Yeah. Because the entire nation sees you as the highest form of traitor. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting is that when Jesus calls his disciples, he includes people from uh, the left, the extreme left, and the extreme right. And so not just not did he just have tax collectors as a part of his uh, group of disciples, but he also had zealots. And you kind of wonder, how did the zealots, you know, amongst the 12, you got a tax collector there, but you've also got some zealots there as well. You know, these were the, this was your local, you know, right-wing terrorist organization. Um, and then you had your, your, your um, you know, uh, it was just, yeah. Um, you sort you of wonder. You had some radicals. So, so you kind of wonder, you know, at some of the conversations that these 12 must have had on occasions. No wonder they had discussions as to who would be greatest in the kingdom. You know, because they're all sort of, you know, I'm sure pointing at each other and like, well, I'm better than you. Mm. You know, I'm, I, I'm not a tax collector. I, I, I'm a patriot. I, I, I'm a zealot. I, I carry a sword, you know. And, and, and tax collectors, you know, I, I'm not one of these um, radicals. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so uh, this is what is taking place right there in amongst the disciples of Jesus. He goes into this house and he goes under the roof. And it was, you know, a tax collector was seen as a Gentile. They were ostracized that far from society. Wow. They were seen as... That's they were a con- real far oh, push out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you were going to become a tax collector, it meant that you were giving up your family. It meant that you were giving up your friends. It meant that you were giving up your social network and you were doing it all for money, which says something about the character mm. of the people who became tax collectors. Yep. These were very cold, heartless, mercenary kind of people. And yet Jesus was able to break through. And call one of them to be a disciple. One of them becomes a disciple. Uh, Zacchaeus has a complete and utter, total turnaround, conversion experience, change of life, um, and becomes a a, a new person. And Jesus, you know, he, he goes into this home and the Pharisees are shocked. Like... And, and and to them, this was the juiciest scandal available. This guy is hanging out with sinners. Can you believe he is hanging out with sinners? Mm. Only a very great sinner would ever hang out 
with sinners. All right, so there's a background to this story. Um, let's uh, let, let read for us verse uh, chapter 9, verse 13 again, please. I really want to read chapter 11, verse 11, though. Can okay, read, yeah, 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 you can, you can. You <laughs> okay, can. I like this. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? <laughs> <laughs> you got to love the NLT sometimes. Yeah. Let me look that up in the uh, KJV. And, <laughs> <Such> um, scum. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite colloquial for yeah, a Bible. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, and I love Jesus' next point. You know, verse 12 says, when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Matthew chapter 9, verse, thir- uh, verse 11, 11, was it? Yep. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? Mm, publicans and sinners. And of course, the publican was a word for a tax collector. He was a public servant rather than somebody who operated a pub. Yep. Not that that would have been a problem. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. Jesus would have gone into the pub and hung out with uh, the Publicans. owner of the pub there mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. But Jesus then says in verse 13, But go ye and learn what that meaneth. This is, I've got to love the KJV. Go and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. I have not come to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. And he is quoting from the Old Testament. And so basically what Jesus is doing is like, guys, you need to go and read your Bible. Yeah. The only Bible that Jesus had was the Old Testament. The only Bible that the disciples had uh, when the Christian church was founded was the Old Testament. He's basically saying, you've missed the point. I I find it funny, you know, when people say, oh, I'm a New Testament Christian. The New Testament church, the only Bible they had was the Old Testament. So if you're going to be a New Testament Christian, you have to get rid of the New Testament. It's difficult to do. That's <laughs> <laughs> just bizarre. That's the weirdest thing. I like to be a Christian of the whole Bible. Amen. We're sidetracked. Let's get back to what we were talking about. Um, all right, so he is um, pointing them to the Bible. Let's go to Hosea chapter 6 and verse 6. And while we're turning there, let me ask this question, Mon. Did Hosea know anything about uh, mercy oh. over sacrifice? Did he ever? Tell us a little bit of the story of Hosea. So Hosea was instructed by God to marry Goma, um, which, you know, most of us would think, oh, wow, nice. You know, God sent a thunderbolt and told him who to marry. Um, he doesn't have to think about it. He's just does, like, yeah, I, just, have, I have found his wifey, the one. He's wifey. He's Here is who. the one. The issue was Goma was a prostitute. And, uh, and so Homer went, uh, Homer, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the Simpsons. Hosea went and married Goma. Yes, and uh, and they had a tumultuous marriage, um, mostly because she kept leaving him and returning to her prostitution, and he kept going after her and buying her back and redeeming her. And um, it is often a mind-boggling story to consider. There's a couple of things I want to clarify there. Relationship, yeah. He didn't buy her back as a prostitute. He bought her back when her prostitution could no longer support her. And yep. she was being sold as a slave. And when he bought her back, he restored her to be his restored wife. Restored her to, yeah, to full like social status. Why of do wife. you think? I mean, Goma here, and the Bible says that she was the daughter of a prostitute. So she's 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 grown up in in generational yeah. died in the wool brokenness, yep. mm-hmm. and she's got the break of a lifetime when she marries Hosea. Why why do you think she went back to her lifestyle? I think she just doesn't understand how to do it. Like it's all she's ever known is prostitution and the prostitution lifestyle. Even if you're suddenly, you know, taken from that and pushed into a better lifestyle, just knowing how to act and how to behave and what to do, you know, it's a huge paradigm shift. You think that'd be intimidating, being married to a decent guy? 
or to some degree, like you know, what you know to do is you, you feel comfortable doing what you know, even if what you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so to slip back into that, although it's worse, can seem easier. It's the same sort of concept when the children of Israel came out of um, out out of Egypt, and they're like, "Oh, this is too hard. Take us back to Egypt where we can eat cucumbers." You know, it's the same sort of concept. Like it's worse back there, but at least it's what they know. Mm. So, and they don't want what's better because they don't they don't they don't grasp it yet. Mm. And I think that she would have been, you know, in those days she was probably abused from an incredibly young age and was an incredibly broken person. And And we we, we often don't think about just how broken she would have been. And you have to also imagine the devil would have been on her case to to, to stuff up and to sin and to go back. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a tragic story. And, um, of course, not only would it have been intimidating, she would have been in an incredibly foreign environment being married to a decent guy. But uh, she's become pastor's wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that can be tough as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some women really struggle with that. And I'm sure there would have been a lot of um, you know, whispers and gossiping oh, about her. Yeah. That was the whole purpose. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was, that was, this was um, social media at its finest right mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah. God, God was communicating a message through this whole story. But it is a tragic story. And you know, do you think that it would be appealing for the average man to go and buy a slave to be his wife who was a worn-out, thrown-away, trashed prostitute. No. This is the bit that boggles my mind. Jesus must have imbued Hosea's heart with love for Goma. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what love is. You know, love is, love is something that we choose to do and something that God does within us. And so, yeah, the story of Hosea and Goma is the story of Christ and his church. And in that story, Goma symbolizes us. Mm. And Hosea symbolizes Christ who has brought us back, even though we are all thrown in the trash. That's the humbling part, is realizing that we're Goma in this story. We are Goma in this story. We're looking at ourselves. Yep. We're just, you know, broken individuals who just keep going back to our old sins and breaking the heart of God. And and this is, you know, the Bible says that Hosea truly loved her. Mm. He absolutely loved her. He adored her. You know, and he, write, he writes this special poem. He's like, I want to take you on a wilderness retreat. You know, let's go somewhere beautiful. Let's just hang out together and, and enjoy each other's company. And, you know, it's just the moment, one of the most beautiful poems in the Bible that, you know, he's written for his wife who has um, left him and rejected him. And, you know, the level of rejection when... You know, your wife rejects you in favor of being a prostitute. That's that's that would be incredibly hard for Hosea to deal with, but yet he loves her to the end, mm. and he never stops loving her, and he ransoms her, he buys her back, he redeems her, and restores him to be his wife again. Just an incredible story. So yeah, this is somebody who really, really understands the mercy of God. Okay, so, so Hosea chapter 6 and verse 6. Just a little side note for all those single ladies out there who keep getting asked by guys whether or not they're a Proverbs 31 woman. Next time you get asked, just turn around and say, hey, are you a Hosea? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, go for a mon. <laughs> okay, so Hosea yeah, 6 put it verse. Out there. <laughs> Hosea 6 verse what? 6. 6 verse 6. Okay, I want to show you love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. Who's speaking here? I mean, that's I mean, it's Hosea speaking, but it's the the voice of the Lord, basically. Yeah. yeah. And you know, uh, let me let me let me read to that, that to you in the um, 
in the KJ real quick. Where are we? Six verse six. This is just an incredibly powerful story. I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Mm. You know, and when you think about that, was there anything that Goma could have done to pay the debt for what she owed Hosea? Not. You know, if she'd have, could she, could she, you know, make up for the amount of pain that she had brought to that family and to her children Never. and to Hosea? She couldn't do that. Um, and we can't do it either. It's by the grace of God. This is True North. Come to take you home. The story of Hosea and Goma, right here in song.
That was True North with I've Come to Take You Home here on Faith FM, the story of Hosea and Goma. And we have been reading from uh, Hosea here where God says, uh, he, he says this to us in, in chapter 6 and verse 6, For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offering. God would rather have us to know him more than anything else. Let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 12, and we'll, we will read here from verse 38 to 40. So that's Mark, chapter 12, verse 38 to 40. And let's look at the contrast between the way Jesus lived his life and the way the Pharisees lived their lives. Jesus also taught, Beware of these teachers of religious law, for they, are li- for they like to parade around in flowing robes and receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces, and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head table at banquets. And yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be more severely punished. Jesus is not exactly holding back here, is he? No. Did we forget the clue for the quiz? Yeah. Uh, sorry. We, right. we, we can do that. Uh, clue number five. What book am I? John is my author. Okay. John is the author of this book. So that um, nails down to one of five. Mm. Which one might it be? Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Okay, one eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number. Okay, so when we um, you know look at the what Jesus has to say that these Pharisees are doing, what is it that they're actually doing? They're being let's, hypocrites. Okay, so let's 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 list their um, their deeds. They parade around. Okay, so they parade around. Yeah, flowing robes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They receive respectful greetings as they walk around the marketplace. Yes, sir. No, sir. They kind of sound like they're prancing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love seats of honor in the synagogues. Okay. And at the head table at banquets. Uh-huh. So there was definitely a uh, class system that had developed here in ancient Israel, it, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was thinking to myself, how do you even figure out which are the seats of honor in synagogues? Like, Why do they have to introduce that system? Come on now. <laughs> it's like these chairs are reserved. Yeah. Front row tickets. You know, like it's it's church. It's not a show, for goodness sake. Anyway. I've often heard about it. there's a bit of a cliche, you know, the the, the the visitor comes to church and accidentally sits in the chair that belongs to somebody else and they get asked to move. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never actually seen it happen. Have you ever seen that happen? I have actually, just one time. Really? Yeah, one time. Yeah. Happened to you? No, 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 no. I was sitting behind it when I saw it happen. So it was really horrible. 
Yeah. It's like you, you you wanted to go to that 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 uh, church put that that uh, church member and just say, look, go slap him upside and the don't, head. Don't ever yes. come back. I yeah. mean, that's a really bad idea. I know, but it's what you feel like. It's just yeah, like your, yeah. your human nature. It's like you've missed the you know, point. You've, you've missed, missed the point it. this morning here at church. This, yeah. this, mm-hmm. Unbelievable. But you know, if you see that happen, like I did, um, feel it. Go and find that person and say, hey, look, come sit with me. Sorry, that person's very particular about their chair. But yeah, you know what? You know what? You're welcome here. Come sit with me. Um, you know, smooth it over. And turn it, it into right. something good. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah. yeah. Be proactive about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you are the church as much as that person is the church as well. That other person who did the wrong. Um, and so therefore, you know, you need to be the bigger person, even if it means taking on the responsibility of um, taking something to blame. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You are you are the spokesperson for that church in that moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do something right. Very good. All right. So uh, what if? Uh, have, but what if that? What if that chair is? Um, they need to sit in that chair for um, either mobility reasons or hearing reasons or sight reasons. The visitor or the no, no the person who who supposedly owns that chair. Well, I mean, you can still you can still do do it kinder and better. Yeah, and absolutely. My my, my point is just deal with it. You're you're the one who's the Christian. Yeah, that's it. You know, yeah. you're not going to lose your relationship with God um, by missing out on a part of the service for that day. And the reality is, it's and always, the seeker who's walked in, yeah, the non-Christian who's walked in, it's all about them. That's right. That's right. You know, go home and read your Bible by yourself for a change on the Sabbath or on Sunday, whichever it is for you. It's not going to be the end of the world. And the reality is, Lyle, there's always come back again space next week. on the front pew. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it that <laughs> yeah. the front seats are always sold out at a premium price at a rock concert yep. and Christians avoid them like the, the plague? plague. What, uh-huh. what is going on with that? We should just call it the plague pew. <laughs> the pew no one wants to I see. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I don't know. I don't you know, know. When, when, uh, when we had small kids, mm-hmm. we always sat in the front pew. Yep. You know why? Why? Because the kids aren't distracted by looking at all the people in front of them. Because all in front of them is the preacher. That's it. Yeah. Nice. And there's, you sit up the back, like a lot of parents sit up the back, and they think, oh, this would be better for the kids, and I can sneak out easier. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that the kids are just way more distracted and way more ratty because they've oh, got a whole congregation sitting in the front of them to, uh, <laughs> you know, to divvy up between the wit and the tears. I <laughs> <laughs> like you used to do. <laughs> this one's a week. So here's, here's a tip for uh, anyone who uh, is involved in a church, maybe an usher or a deacon. When you get to church, uh, take those signs down that say "reserved for, for yeah, parents." Yeah, just ditch those. It's a bad idea. And just put them at the front. Put them at the front. Put them at the front. And 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 the other thing, the other great thing about it is your kids don't have to go down the front for the children's story. They're already there. They're already there. Yeah, yeah. You can keep an eye on them. Uh-huh. You don't have to um, go down with them. And if your kids do muck up, then they have to bear the shame of the whole church looking at them when As you carry them out. out. Yeah, that's the real walk of <laughs> yeah. shame right there. The walk of shame. You're being escorted from the church. I'm yeah. sure there's a psychologist out there at the moment right now who is horrified Riding. by that. <laughs> by what I've just shared, but I got to tell you, raise two kids, it works. Yeah, amen. All right, where are we up to? Uh, we were counting off the things that these Pharisees are doing. Oh, that's right. Okay, and now they have the now we tear the veil from in front of their uh, from what they're doing with the whole s- swaggering around. Now we find out they also shamelessly cheat widows out of their property uh, and pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Okay. Jesus goes on in another place to call them whited sepulchres. And that's Old English for a tomb that is painted white on the outside. A white tomb. In other words, it looks nice and bright and shiny and clean, but it's just full of dead dead men's bones. 
And so their spirituality is actually worth wow. nothing because of the way they are oppressing the I'd say it's, like worth, it's worth less than nothing. It's like worse negative because not only is there nothing there, uh, it's not just that there's nothing there, it's just that there's bad stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is part of the tragedy of, of you know, so much of what we see um, – you know, taking place in our world right now where some of the most pious people that we see actually have a life that is just corrupt to the core. Anyway, where are we up to? Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 23 and verse 13. Matthew 23 and verse 13. We've got another passage here. Um, yeah, this is this is one of the strongest sermons you'll find in the Bible. Let's have this verse. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves, and you don't let others either enter either. Yeah, it's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? You, you look at, you, you kind of um, consider the visual image that that produces when Jesus says those words, and you can sort of consider, you know, this place of great beauty and great peace and great happiness and perfection, and the Pharisees running up, slamming the door shut holding it shut from the outside. It's like, we're not going in, but we're not going to let you go in either. That's a disgrace. Mm-hmm. Especially when their job is to get people in. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's supposed to be their role. That's, that's the whole purpose of, uh, of, of being a religious leader, and that's why they exist. Oh, how can we avoid the trap of thinking that having and knowing the truth is enough because the Pharisees thought they had and knew the truth? How do you avoid that trap, Mon? It's all about your walk with God. Absolutely. It's all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if there is one thing that I can encourage you on today more than anything else is to have that connection, have that relationship with Jesus, make him a part of your life, ask him to come into your life today so that he can live his life out within you. Anyway, moving on with the show, we have Scott Reed with who he is. After that, we will have question of the day. Overcome 
Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. This is Mon and Lyle from The Breakfast Show. Hey, Lyle. Mm? Got a question for you. Yeah. Is God for real? That's a really good question. In fact, it is such a good question that ex-atheist, devout atheist Peter Watts is doing an entire series of presentations on that very subject, answering some of life's deepest questions. Are you serious? Can I go to this? You certainly can. It starts this Friday night, the 19th of July at 7pm and runs every Friday, Saturday and Tuesday night. Do I have to pay? Where can I get a ticket? It's for free. Simply call 0488. 588955 While I will see you there You're listening to Faith FM Positively Different Radio
That was Pillars of Our Faith Choir with Take Time to Be Holy with Be Thou My Vision. Oh, I love that Blended song. together. Yeah, beautiful song. My favourite albums. Fantastic. Question of the day, Mon. Last yes. clue. Uh, we don't have any clues left. Do you have a homegrown clue? Oh, a homegrown clue. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I got one, though. It is not the book of Revelation. It is the book that comes immediately after. <laughs> no, don't, don't give that. That's not <laughs> even a clue. The book that, that comes nah, immediately nah, after nah, 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 John nah, 1. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> there, I gave it too bad. <laughs> okay, question of the day, Lyle. Let's get into it. You just want it. to give a prize away. I really do. Um, I always give away two today because it took you forever to get that one. Uh, okay, uh, question of the day. If I want to get to heaven, is that enough to get me in? That's a very interesting question. The answer is no. Uh, that's probably all we need to say. Uh, okay, well, thanks. But for I, will, I will say more than that. There's a great parable. In Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, let's turn over there very quickly, where it says, The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. And five were wise and five were foolish. And those that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. And the wise took oil in their vessels or in their extra containers with their lamps. And while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. They went to sleep while they were waiting for the bridegroom to come. This is a story about the end of time when Jesus says, Then the kingdom of heaven was like. He is connecting that to the previous passage, which is Matthew 24, where he has been talking about his return. And you're going to notice a number of things about this parable. This parable is symbolic. There are ten virgins. Virgins in the Bible are a symbol of God's church. So this is God's church. There are ten virgins. They are all carrying lamps. Lamps in the Bible. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. A lamp is a symbol of the word of God. This is God's church that has the word of God. Uh, They all have oil. Oil in the Bible is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And so they are all filled with the Holy Spirit when they go out to wait for Jesus to come back. 
all of their lamps have been lit and are burning. So all of them have been actively involved in their local church community, in outreach and reaching out to their community. These are not Laodicean. These are not, you know, uh, lukewarm Christians by any stretch of the imagination. All of them have this, all ten. Because sometimes we say, oh, no, only five of them had the Holy Spirit. No, all ten of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them were in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, so having established that, the Bible says, At midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps have gone out. But the wise answered, saying, No, unless there is not enough for us and for you, but go to those that that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those that were ready went in with him into the marriage, and the door was shut. That's the return of Jesus Christ. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Okay, so from verse 11 there, Mon, when the other virgins come and say, Lord, Lord, open to us, did they want to be saved? Yeah. Absolutely they wanted to be saved. Were they saved? Let's keep reading. Uh, He answered and said, Truly I say unto you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. So this is a very, very uh, serious parable that we are given right here in which we find God's church at the end of time. And it's almost as if you could draw a line straight down the middle of it, divided in half, and half is saved and half is lost. Think of the implications of that for a moment. But I want you to think about the people within God's church that it's talking about. It's not talking about lukewarm Laodicean Christians. It's talking about Bible-believing, spirit-filled, believing in the return of Jesus, going out and doing evangelistic work kind of Christians. These are active members of God's church that are on fire for God. And when the crisis comes, we find that only half of them are actually ready for Jesus to come back. And even though they wanted to be saved, they weren't actually ready. This is a parable that calls each one of us who are Christians to search our hearts and ask ourselves the question, am I ready for Jesus to come back? Am I a wise virgin or am I a foolish virgin that is simply going to fade and fluff when the crisis comes? That's your question for today. That's my question, a question we all need to find the answer for. If you have a question, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843. We love answering all your questions on air. Fountain of your 
Welcome back, guys. That was Sandra McCracken with Almighty God. What do you got for us there, Mon? You got a book for the giveaway of the day today? Yes, I do. It's time to give something away. It's called The Christian Race by Richard A. Daly. And, um, yeah, this book is a really great book. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about the Christian walk and how I guess everything sort of hinges on that. Um, and this guy is a chaplain and a Christian journalist, and he's worked at previous uh, Olympic Games. Uh, Richard excuse me, and he has seen firsthand the tragedies and triumphs of athletes striving to win. And so using a sporting theme um, and with gripping stories from his own life experience, the book provides perfect parallels to your own journey in life. Um, so yeah, The Christian Race by Richard A. Daly. Give us a call if you would like to get a copy of this. All you do is be the first person to call through. It's very easy. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843. And uh, we'll send it to you. It's that easy. Absolutely. There you go. So don't forget that if you uh, that if you would like to know your Bible better, um, yes. uh, we can make that happen for you as well. And we mention this every morning at the end of the show it's on Faith FM. It's a very noble pursuit to want to know your Bible better. There is nothing more important than you can do than to know your Bible better. And the place to start is by reading it. Yes. Amen. Okay. But what about for people that are not a reader? Do you know what? That's all right. You can uh, get someone to come to your house and read it to you. Okay. Yeah. Very easy. Yep. Uh, there's audio versions of it. Absolutely. Yeah. There's all kinds. Just download an audio an audio mm-hmm. book mm-hmm. and uh, put it in your headset or put it through your car stereo and away you go. Yeah. There are so many different options that we never used to have in the past that Don't we have available to us today. Don't know anything to tell you. No. Nope, just get into it and uh, and read it because it will transform your life. It will change your life. It changed my life. It changed Mon's life. It changed Shell's life. It changed the life of everybody that works here in the studio. And that is why we work in this studio. Amen. Is because what Jesus Christ has done for us, which is revealed to us through His Word, through the Bible. Look forward to you coming in tomorrow.
the Son of Man Both the Shepherd and the Lamb The Healer and the Wounded One The Father and the Only Son Are one, one and the same I can't do Him justice with anyone Know the truth that sets us free. 